Another budget season has come and gone in Albany without action on a comprehensive policy to address waste reduction in the Empire State. So with time running out on the legislative calendar, we're checking in with Senate Environmental Conservation Committee Chair Pete Harcum, a Westchester County Democrat, to learn what he's pushing for at the Capitol to reduce waste and potentially shift the onus of recycling onto manufacturers. Welcome back to the Capitol Press Room, Senator. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. So before we look ahead, I do want to do a quick postmortem on the budget process. Do you think the Assembly, Senate, and Governor ever got close to any sort of comprehensive language to address waste reduction, or did that fall off the table pretty quickly in negotiations? No, that was off the table pretty quickly. The Assembly uh, decided that that they wanted to deal with that out of the budget, and you know that's their institutional prerogative. So it was really never never on on the table in the budget once the two one houses mm-hmm. came out, and so we we've, we've been focused on on working collaboratively after the budget. The governor put out her own waste reduction plan in her budget. The Senate had its own language in its one house budget proposal. What did you think about those two proposals in terms of were they anywhere near each other in terms of their vision for the future? Or was there a lot of disagreement that would need to be resolved just between those two parties? No, between those two bills, they were pretty close. You know, ours went further on certain things in terms of creating an office of inspector general in DEC for enforcement. Ours was a little more stringent in terms of banning chemicals and PFAS and things like that. But as far as the meat and potatoes, they were not tremendously far apart. And then in the interim, Chair Glick picked up the bill that, that I was carrying in, in the Senate. Now she and I are working collaboratively on that. So, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, we, we don't have a ton of time, but we have been doing a ton of work on this bill. We've, we've met, I personally have met with 50 to 60 stakeholders. My staff has probably met with another few dozen just to get feedback from from everybody. And now we're we're working on some modifications. That idea of listening to stakeholders was something that you raised during the March meeting of the Environmental Conservation Committee when you advanced your version of the bill. And you said at the time that people this will not be the final version of the bill that we're going to continue to hear from stakeholders. But as you do think about what a final version of this bill looks like, are there certain tenets or principles of it that need to be in there as far as you're concerned? Or are all the elements of this bill up for debate and up for compromise and change? No, I think what we're looking to do is make the bill workable for folks. You know, in all those meetings, nobody really said we're opposed to this. What we want to do is make it work. This is how things happen in our industry. This is what we'd like to see. And so those are the kinds of things that we're looking at doing. I I don't think you're going to see any kind of a radical departure from what we were first talking about. The structure will be the same. There'll be a producer responsibility organization. We want to take the financial onus off of municipalities. Once producers realize they have skin in the game, um, they have a financial incentive to reduce the amount and the kinds of packaging they use. And we'll have an enforcement mechanism down the road to see that folks comply. So, you know, those are the basic tenants. Those won't change. You know, are there, are there, are there things that we can do to, actually facilitate a bill that works, right? Like we we can talk 
all we want. We can talk with advocates. We can put in the strongest bill possible. But if someone sues the state, if it paralyzes the state's economy or it's just not actionable, then then what have we done? So it's always important to meet with the stakeholders and, and let's find out how we can get this done right. About a year ago, I had a very similar framed conversation with your predecessor at the Environmental Conservation Committee in the Senate, Todd Kaminsky, a Long Island Democrat. And at the time, he was espousing a lot of his frustration with the environmentalists who he felt were either taking an all or nothing approach to this issue. And as a result of that, were killing it effectively from his perspective. When you think about negotiations and trying to reach a deal on this, do you feel like your partners in the environmental movement are taking that sort of realist approach that you had about a bill that works? Or do you feel that there are some in the environmental movement who are potentially hurting this effort by being too pure, too rigorous in terms of what they want to see? Well, there there are a couple differences between this year and last year. Um, the Assembly and the Senate a year ago were going down their own paths mm-hmm. and they weren't coordinating. Chair Glick and I made the commitment that we were going to make revisions together. So we're already in the process of discussing changes that we might like to see to the bill. So we will have a unified front as as we move forward and, and go public with changes. You know, you, you see that with any bill, you know, just because because people are passionate about a bill doesn't mean they're not realistic. There are always going to be folks on any issue who are so passionate that they want to be as pure as they can be on a bill. But we need to line up 32 votes in the Senate, however many they need in the Assembly. 76. Oh, there you go. And we also we also need a bill that, that, as I said before, works. So I don't think you're going to see any dramatic departure from the core tenets of the bill, um, what we want to do, and, and quite frankly, what, what people, whether they produce packaging, they produce food, um, they want to see a bill that works too. They know this is a national trend. It's happened in several other states. It's being discussed in others. New York is one of the big ones. So we'll kind of set the guidepost for the nation along with California. So a lot of folks just want to see that we get it done right and, and that there's certainty in the marketplace. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about efforts to reduce waste, and our guest is Senate Environmental Conservation Committee Chair Pete Harcum, a Westchester County Democrat. And your legislation is billed as the Packaging Reduction and Recycling Infrastructure Act. So should we think of those as two separate parts of this waste reduction effort that theoretically could be bifurcated from each other, or are reduction of packaging and recycling two components that need to go hand in hand when you think about this issue? I I think it all needs to go hand in hand because in many ways they start with the same system, you know, some form of municipal collection system. So they start in the same place. They may end up in different places. But uh, one of the reasons New York City, one of the reasons New York State Association of Counties are both so supportive of this bill is is that the cost of collection and sorting and distribution has gotten so astronomical for municipalities that we need to do this. In some cases, recycling is the way to go. In some cases, package reduction is the way to go. And in some cases, it's both, depending on the materials. Are you hearing any pushback from 
producers and manufacturers that uh, this campaign could disrupt quote unquote successful recycling practices and that uh, we need to be very careful about what we might mandate in the future because that was some of the pushback that uh, we've been hearing via press release from what was the name of the group American Forest and Paper Association. I've met with them many, many times. They are concerned that the fibers in paper and cardboard can be reused. And one of the things they tout is a certain percentage of fibers that are recycled, and, and that's a good thing. But what they don't tout are the, the incremental increase in cardboard packaging since the pandemic. And, and so that part that's not being recycled has grown exponentially. So we're not saying they're not doing a good job with their systems and processes, but we're saying they're producing too much. So it's beholden upon the Amazons of the world and those folks, how do we use less of the raw material? Because part of this is about protecting the planet on the extraction side. We want to cut down on methane that's produced in landfills all the energy that goes into all of these things, but, but all of the environmental degradation and damage that happens as we extract raw materials. So every, every sector can do better, and we, we understand where they're coming from. We've met with them many times. Folks may need to pay a little more for the system, but that's to reduce the, the actual amount that's being produced. And again, they're only meeting their customers' demands. So it's, it's really more upon the, the Amazons of the world who are, who are packaging things in two and three different packages to send to your home uh, on the reduction side. During that March committee meeting I mentioned earlier, there was some discussion about this idea of advanced uh, recycling, which is viewed as this alternative by some of the producers. In that meeting, you poo-pooed the idea of any advanced recycling that would utilize, I guess, some form of burning, but you didn't necessarily close the door on this alternative form of advanced recycling involving melting, I guess. Um, Where do you see that potentially fitting into this framework, and are you hoping to learn more about that issue, or or do you feel like it's a done deal at this point? Well, it's it's kind of all of the above, you know. One of the things that, that we do rule out is, is the issue of burning plastic for fuel and then burning that fuel to create energy or other things. It's a highly toxic process. Um, even, even the EPA has come out against that. So, you know, that, that is not really on the table. Um, it's certainly an evolving field. We need to know what the environmental impacts are. Um, if there is a role for this, you know, perhaps in food packaging, because they have very strict FDA requirements, and if we're going to require them to have recycled content, how do they get there? So we're, you know, we've got to be open to conversations. That doesn't mean we end up there, but we're having those conversations. I, I committed to go look at one of these plants myself because you have to have all of the information. So after session, we'll we'll be as part of our kind of environmental tour that, that we're going to be doing, you know, that'll be one of the items that, that, that will be on that punch list. But it's, it's certainly a conversation that's not going to end with this bill. It's going to continue for years to come. So we have to have as much information as we can.
Well, finally, you and I have been talking about waste reduction from a very comprehensive point of view. But in the last couple of years, the legislature has approached the issue of extended producer responsibility, where it has been able to accomplish new laws from a piecemeal perspective. They took on carpets. There's a legislation dealing with recycling of mattresses. Do you think that there should be a parallel path being pursued right now legislatively in terms of trying to identify the low-hanging fruit uh, in terms of items that might be covered by extended producer responsibility type bills? Or are you focusing primarily on this comprehensive, broader legislation that we've been talking about? My focus right now is on the broader comprehensive legislation because it includes, you know, essentially all of all of the consumer packaging from A to Z. Um, some of the things that, that you were discussing, carpets, mattresses, we did paint, if you remember. and that I did was, not. Oh. I forgot. Well, I'm mentioning paint. You know, that was driven in part by the industry. They were they were very collaborative there. You know, some some industries there are unique circumstances and, and they may need to be done in a piecemeal fashion. But, um, you know, my focus is on this one. Let's get this one done. Let's get it done right. And I know Senator Kavanaugh's got a bill on on mattresses right now, so um, he's working very diligently on that. He's been a colleague on this bill. So, you know, my focus is on the big one. He's working on that one. And then once we get this one implemented, then we'll see where we are. Well, we've been speaking with Senate Environmental Conservation Committee Chair Pete Harcum. He is a Westchester County Democrat. Senator, thank you so much for making the time. Thanks for having us. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.